Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 30th, and our reading comes from Revelation chapter 21. Now, let me review again eschatology in times, a timeline so we all know what is coming next. And then we'll jump into chapter 22 and see the new heaven and new earth. So the next event in end times is the rapture of the church. This could happen at any moment. Jesus could call the church home today. The sooner, the better. Come, Lord Jesus, come. So the church is taken out of the world Then the tribulation begins. This is a seven-year period of judgment on the earth. The seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. During this seven-year period, we have the Antichrist who will rise, probably be a political military leader who ushers in a peace treaty between Israel and the Muslim nations. Halfway through the tribulation, he will declare himself to be God and force everybody to worship. If you don't worship him and take the mark of the beast, you will not be able to buy and sell. You'll be on an electronic currency, and he'll be able to control spending from anybody who does not have the mark of the beast. Then at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus comes back with the saints and destroys the Antichrist. He's defeated. We have the wedding supper of the Lamb. Satan is bound, and then Jesus reigns on the earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, Satan is released. Once again, he deceives the nations. They gather together to fight against the Lord Jesus. There is a final defeat and then final judgment. And we read that yesterday. When we stand before God in judgment, all that's going to matter is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And we get our name written in the Lamb's book of life by trusting in the Lord Jesus. So after that final judgment, then there is a new heaven and a new earth. And this is described in Revelation 21 and 22. Now, here's something that's very interesting. Basically, what happens in Revelation 21 and 22 is that God has brought us back to the garden. Now, if you go all the way back to the very beginning of your Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God created the heavens and the earth. And heaven and earth were together. It was really just one place, heaven and earth, because heaven is simply the dwelling place of God. So God created earth and heaven and earth are together. But after Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God, declared their independence, heaven and earth were separated. God and man were separated because of sin, rebellion, independence. Well, when we get to the end of the Bible, now Jesus has won the victory. He has defeated Satan. He has defeated the Antichrist. He has defeated the world system. He has come in victory. And now there is a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus will reign in the New Jerusalem, 
in the new heaven and new earth with us, his saints, his kids, forever and ever and ever. And that's what we're going to read about in these last two chapters. This is so exciting. So Revelation 21, beginning in verse 1, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14? He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me, for in my Father's house there are many dwelling places, many mansions, and if that were not true, I would have told you. And if I go, I go to prepare a place for you. So God's been preparing this new Jerusalem. And now there's a new heaven and a new earth. And this new Jerusalem is descending out of heaven onto the earth. It's incredible. So I saw that holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for a husband. Verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne, look, God's home is now among his people. Again, that was true in Genesis 1 and 2, and it will be true for all eternity. We will live with the Lord. God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Listen, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no death. No sorrow, no crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Praise the Lord, right? In heaven, no suffering, no death, no disease, no suicide, no depression, no cancer, no heart disease, no diabetes, no coronavirus, nothing in heaven that produces pain and suffering. It is paradise and Jesus will be there with us, ruling and reigning with us forever. Verse five, and one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. I mean, you think about the world we live in today, how beautiful and glorious it is. And that's a fallen world. When I think back to a couple of summers ago, we took a trip out West and visited Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons and and got to see the beauty, the glory of God's creation. And yet, that's a fallen creation. This is a new heaven and new earth where there is no sin, no corruption, nothing bad and ugly. Just think how beautiful, amazing, satisfying, pleasurable, joy-filled, how incredible this new place, our eternal home, is going to be. I cannot wait. Verse six, it is finished. He says, I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty. I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I'll be their God and they will be my children. Isn't that good? Verse 8, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers and all liars. Their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So we have a physical death, but then we stand before God in judgment. If our name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, there's a second death separated from God. Why? Because there's not going to be any of that stuff Anything that produces suffering and pain will be excluded from God's kingdom. 
Verse 9, Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, and I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And it shone with the glory of God. It sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. And the city wall was broad and high, with twelve gates guarded by twelve angels. And the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. And there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. And the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. This is an incredible, very, very impressive city. Verse 15, the angel who talked to me held me in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. Listen to this. When he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick. Imagine a city surrounded and fortified with a wall that is 200 feet thick. This city is 1,400 by 1,400 by 1,400. You know what that means? That means it would not even fit on the earth. It would extend well beyond our atmosphere. So this new heaven and new earth is going to be much larger than the one we're currently in because this city is going to be much, much larger. In fact, this city is so big. If the tallest building in the city is 1,400 miles, you know what that means? That means if every floor of that building was 12 feet, it would be 600 thousand stories tall. This is an enormous, enormous structure. So this city just brings God glory. It's just unbelievable. And the wall was made of jasper and the city, pure gold. So just think about this. This city, not only is it enormous and huge and strong, it is beautiful. The entire city is made of precious stone. I mean, we live now, I mean, if you go to the jewelry store now and just try to buy a a little tiny little gold necklace, I mean, it is, it's shocking just how expensive it is. (laughs) When we get to the other side, the streets are literally paved with gold. This city is made out of gold, silver, and precious stones. There is nothing like it in all the world. Verse 19, the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. And then he goes through and names all the stones. Verse 21, the 12 gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold as clear as grass. You know, to, glass. You know, today we ride around on pavement. In eternity, we'll ride around and walk around on solid gold. Man, I cannot wait. Verse 22, I saw no temple in the city. You don't need a temple 
There's not a church in the city. Why? For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple because God is present. He's there everywhere. And the city has no need of a sun or a moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Woo, man, I cannot wait to spend all eternity in the city that is being prepared right now for me and you. And you know, when you understand where God is taking us, it makes the journey worth it. It reminds me of what Paul says when he says, all my light and momentary temporary suffering does not compare to the glory that God has prepared for all of us. Man, what God is preparing for us is literally almost beyond description. Let me pray for us. Father, We thank you for this encouraging word. Lord, I'm so grateful that you're taking us back to the garden, back to paradise. I'm just reminded of Jesus on the cross when he said to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. God, we can't wait to see the new heaven and the new earth, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. We cannot wait to rule and reign with you. We cannot wait to see and to enjoy the beauty of that place, to rest in your care forever and ever and ever. So God, I pray that we would live with an eternal perspective in mind, that we would live with eternity in view that, God, we wouldn't be so caught up in this world. We recognize that this is nothing compared to what you are preparing for us. So, Lord, help us. And, uh, God, we just are are just amazed, and and we love you. We worship you. We thank you for being so good, so generous, and, and we look forward to being in that city with you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Man, I cannot wait, cannot wait to be there and to be there with you. Man, I hope that encourages you today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.